Hello, and thank you for listening to the Daily Rejoicing Podcast. We are talking again today about being dead to self. This is Wednesday, August the 31st. Last week, we were traveling, the last several days, we were traveling and preached a Christian school revival in Mississippi and then preached at a church in Georgia on the way home. And we've had fruitful visits and God's been taking good care of us. We praise him for keeping us safe on the road as we've been traveling, just seeking God's will one day at a time. And we've had a lot of fun doing it. And God has kept us safe on the road. It's funny, I took my car in for an oil change, our minivan in for an oil change. And then a few weeks later, I took it right back for an oil change, not that long later. And I, it was for something else, brakes. And, and I said, while you're here, I needed my oil changed as well. And I heard them uh, talking. I overheard them. Well, it doesn't need an oil change. Oh, yeah, wait. Yes, it does. <laughs> we had gone that many miles again. And so God's kept us safe on the road. We appreciate those of you who have been praying at the very end of our Christian school revival in Mississippi. A young man came to me afterwards and said, God has been dealing with him. He feels like for a while, and he feels like he needs to tell somebody that he believes God wants him to be a preacher. And that's such a wonderful blessing. He surrendered his life, answered the call to be a preacher, and I directed him to the pastor there at the church and made sure that he knew. And that's a wonderful blessing. And we thank God for everything that he's done for us. And last Thursday, we talked about the power that we have in being able to die to self. And that power is the same power that raised Christ up from the dead, that same power. And today, we'll be looking at the pattern for being able to die daily. And the pattern for being able to die daily is found in the life of Jesus Christ. I'll remind you of our verses we've been studying about being dead to self, Romans 6 will say, verse number 11, we'll start. Romans 6, verse 11. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I'll remind you that the key word in being able to understand what it means to be dead to self is that word reckon. Reckon. Based on the evidence you have and the figures you can compute, you're going to uh, reckon That's your conclusion. You'll reckon yourselves dead indeed unto sin. So because the Lord Jesus died for you to give you new life, and because the old man is dead, verse 6 of Romans 6, our old man is crucified with him, we know that we can reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. And that was Romans 6.14 there. And the pattern of all of this, the pattern of being dead to self, of denying self, is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's Jesus. 
Someone has said the risen life is not the imitation of a splendid model, but the indwelling of a living person. I'll say it once more. The risen life is not the imitation of a splendid model, but the indwelling of a living person. Boy, isn't that encouraging. It's not just that we have a hero that we look to in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have an indwelling Savior that we look inward and see because Christ lives in us now. What a blessing. And Christ left us a perfect example of seeking not his own, but the will of the Father, even though, of course, he was God in the flesh. If you have your Bible, I encourage you to take it and go to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2.19, this is in the broader context of, of how to suffer, and we suffer like Jesus suffered. He left us an example. But 1 Peter 2, beginning in 19, for this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it, if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For, so he's saying, so just to pause, he's saying that, that you, if you suffer, it should be because you're doing well. If you suffer because you do wrong, you kind of brought that on yourself. But if you're suffering while you're doing right for the Lord and you take it patiently, you take it well, then you're doing great. This is acceptable with God. This is thankworthy, it says. How to suffer. And then the next verse, for even hereunto were ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. You see, Christ did not deserve any sort of persecution or pain or violence at all, and yet he suffered it. He did that for us. And by doing so, he left us an example that we should follow his steps, that pattern that he set. Next verse, uh, and this is 1 Peter 2, 22 now, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. And so Jesus, even though he had every right to make people behave themselves and not persecute him, he had every right to really complain about that because he was the only person ever in the history of the world that deserved nothing bad because he did nothing bad. He was perfect. He did nothing, no no guile was found in his lips. When he was reviled, though, he reviled not again. It was, it was because of this. This is why. He was not seeking his own will, but that of the fathers. And I say that delicately because we know that they were one and the same. He was one and he is one with the father. But 1 John 2, 6 says, He that saith he abideth in him, in Christ, ought himself also to walk even as he walked, as Christ walked. And so how do we follow the pattern of Christ? How do we walk as Christ walked? Well, his way was the way of the cross. And he denied himself all along the way in order to accomplish the mission of the cross, of dying on the cross for your sins and for mine, and for rising again so that you and I could be reconciled to God. Again, 1 Peter 2.21 Christ also suffered for us. He did that for us, not for himself, 
but for us submitting to the will of the father. He denied himself. I'm talking about the pattern of dying to self. And every day you and I ought to be dead to self. What we would prefer, our comforts, whatever, surrender it all and live for Christ to do the will of the father. Luke 14, verse 26, Jesus said, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. That word, old English word hate there means to love less. So in comparison to Christ, everything else, everybody else has to be less. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Skip down to verse 33 of Luke 14. It says, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Unless we surrender ourselves to God as Christ did to the Father, separate from a concern for the world, a total abandonment of ourselves to him, according to Jesus now, we cannot be his disciples. And if that seems extreme to you, if you're listening and saying, well, that doesn't sound quite right, recognize, please, your corrupt thinking deceived by self. Self makes it impossible to know Christ whenever something else intervenes, whether that's your own opinion, your own logic, your own estimation, your own experience. Self makes you dissatisfied with all else but self. Self makes a person sad, weak, self-willed, self-centered. On the other hand, Christ lights the whole being with love, joy, and beauty. It shines on other lives, making a difference everywhere. And self's highest achievement, listen, is the death of self. Our lives on average, according to the Bible, are maybe 70 years maybe 80 by reason of strength, and we know some that are more, praise God, that's wonderful. But in these brief years, we have opportunity to be faithful and loyal to Christ. And the great danger lies in wasting this life by living for self and the world. Self would protect itself from danger or discomfort while plunging itself into the greatest danger of a wasted life. The steps of Christ, the pattern of Christ and being dead to self, the way of the cross is never self-serving, never self-seeking, never self-pleasing, but always of sacrifice for others, for their good, of surrender of self to the will of God for his glory.